What's happening, folks? Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. I am Jeff Sharon, along with Eric Lopez in our special tropical edition of the podcast. Uh, Eric, I, I I know that it's, you know, you're not supposed to make light of the situation, obviously, with Hurricane Irma kind of bearing down on us and ripping its way through the Caribbean right now. But, um, you know, it, it's... It's kind of it's it's just kind of a weird situation once again that we find ourselves in where, um, you know, we got it. We got a storm coming our way that's gonna that's 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 gonna probably cause some significant damage if things go a certain way, right? You know, here, but um, but yeah, here we are. We're trying to we're going to knock out this podcast really quickly for you to try and give you the best update that we can. Um, leading up to the recently moved UCF game against Memphis. So, Eric, are you, do, you, do you have all your canned goods all set? Yeah, I mean, I got the food. I got flashlights. I mean, the thing I don't get, by the way, and, you know, I've been driving around and I get it. We went through a hurricane last year, right, with Matthew? Correct me if I'm well, wrong. Well, in Orlando, yeah, yes, yeah. technically, well, but had we had to prepare, prepare one, well, right. That's might have meant. I didn't mean you literally, but I'm saying you had to do preparation last year with Matthew because a lot of people thought Matthew was going to be hitting the state, and it really wasn't until the last hour where it kind of hooked more towards the coastal line. Where um, it, you know, fortunately from an Orlando standpoint, not necessarily good for the coastals. Right. But the thing I don't get, like, didn't you guys get flashlights last year? Like, I don't know. Like, did you run out of material? That's kind of what I'm confused about no, I, a little I bit. I was actually relieved, actually, because I actually was able to dust off a bunch of my supplies that I had from last right, uh, like, from last year. I think I think the big problem that we're seeing right now, at least where I live up in Oviedo, is, uh, is uh, shortages of fuel at gas stations and shortages of water, drinking which water. Which, again, and, and again, I, I maybe I'm just, I don't know. I mean... We, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I have bottled. We have bottled water, like we buy bottled water on a consistent basis, but more so to just keep, just in case. Right. Um, and then there, you know, the news, you know, that I mean, if depending on what you have, you could actually fill up water yourself and kind of freeze it. So I'm kind yeah, of surprised if you have all the containers, of course. Which, uh, well, I guess we do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my point is, this is not the first drill, um, so I'm a little surprised that like we go through this every year like we have batteries we have all that i mean there's certain things obviously uh, that, that that certainly you, you you know maybe don't have but some of you don't control but i have been surprised um i guess by the i don't know if hectic is the word but uh, it's been busy which has surprised me the gas stuff doesn't surprise me although um, you know, for people that actually might be going to the football game, I mean, you probably, uh, you know, I think there'll be gas well, around. It's going to be interesting, but, uh, it, it's just been an interesting week from that standpoint. Um, so just remember whatever happens, hopefully, uh, things go well and we don't know, but don't give up your supplies is my right. point. Well, it, just, just, you know, yeah. just because the hurricane season's over doesn't mean you can just throw, I mean, that's what I don't get. Like, what do people do that, that bought batteries and like flashlights? Do they give them away? Like, I don't get it. Well, one thing we do know for sure is that um, you know at least as of as of right now, Hurricane Irma is uh, we're actually we're recording this on Wednesday, September the sixth, at about quarter to eleven. So we're expecting that we might get that eleven o'clock advisory from the National Hurricane Center, like as we're speaking. So if you're listening to this 
on Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon. That's the information that we're going that we're going to go with. But um, nonetheless, we got to talk about UCF and how Irma is going to affect things and what what you know lies in the week ahead. Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and dive in here real quick on this. So the big news of the day, obviously, Hurricane Irma is uh, is on its way. We're more than likely going to see some effect of it. So. Everything was being put into position by state government in the state of Florida, county governments, local governments everywhere. And so uh, the UCF football game against Memphis, which was originally scheduled for Saturday at, I believe, 8 p.m. Is that right, Eric? Yes. 8 o'clock kickoff on ESPN News was moved to Friday at 6.30, Friday, September the 8th, 6.30 p.m. at Spectrum Stadium, uh, moved up. A little bit more than 24 hours, basically 25 and a half hours moved up be- in order to get, you know, ostensibly because, you know, you have a lot of staff that you have to get into that stadium to get to get to put on the game. OK, and that includes a lot of emergency personnel, ambulances, police, fire. People have to be in position for that. When the governor um, uh, unleashed, uh, uh, you know, released his uh, state of emergency, that's one of those things where, like, those people have to be in position for storm relief. So it kind of put a re- it, it kind of puts a real tax on um, on on the first responders that have to be uh, that have to be in position to be at the game. So so here's what UCF did: they moved it to six thirty. Par- parking lots open at five. There will be no tailgating. No tailgating. All the family weekend activities are canceled. If you had tickets to stuff that you had paid for, um, you're, uh, if you had, for example, if you had a single game ticket, they said in the release, a single game ticket to the Memphis, uh, to the Memphis game, um, you can actually uh, trade that in for a uh, for a ticket to the East Carolina game in October. Um, what else do we have going on here? Oh. So the game also on television was moved from ESPN News to ESPNU. So it will be televised live at 6.30 on ESPNU. And, of course, all the authorities at UCF are uh, in position to make a determination as to what what they're going to do. They're not going to cancel classes on Friday. Classes are still on as regular, uh, but there will be no tailgate. The game's going to kick off at 6.30. They're going to get the game in and basically get the hell out of there as fast as they can. Because uh, the storm is going to, we're going to start seeing effects of it on Saturday. Um, wind picking up, some rain, some squalls, and then into Sunday, and then into early Monday morning is when we're going to start feeling the effects of it. At least that's what the latest forecasts are telling us right now. So, Eric, my question to you is: um, uh, your thoughts on how UCF handled this? I thought that they handled it about as well as they could, given the fact that these two teams don't have a common bye week and given how important the game is and it, you know, in, in terms of the, in terms of the overall schedule, I mean, obviously it's just a football game. We've got, you know, there, uh, there's, you know, <laughs> there are lives at stake when it comes to a storm, but um, what's the, you know, what, what were your thoughts on how this all went down? I thought it went well. I thought both, let's give, I think both UCF and Memphis handled this very well. They communicated very well. I think they were in front of this um, and had a plan way out. I think front. Well, and that's how you have to do this. I mean, as we learned last year from the Florida LSU fiasco, yeah. you can't wait till the last minute. Um, you know, I think it's best to just come out and discuss it right away and figure out what your options are 
Um, you know, we you know they kind of went through this last year with UCF and Tulane, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had this, they had the same common buy, so that was a simple answer. Hey, let's not worry about it. Let's play on the bye week. And I know some people were critical because it turned out, you know, weather turned out well and all that, but you can't predict that. So right. uh, you didn't have that luxury this time around. I know some people have been suggesting, well, couldn't they have – one idea that was thrown out there was – couldn't both teams maybe try to work it out on September 30th? You know, UCF's hosting Maine. Memphis is at Georgia State. Maybe you can kind of do what kind of Florida and LSU did where they bought off the games and they had last year, November 19th, to play the game. Mm-hmm. The problem is, in that scenario, multiple fronts, in that scenario, UCF loses a home game. Even if they replace Maine with Memphis, you lose a home date. Number two Memphis is on the road at Georgia State, so you got to buy out Georgia State out of that game, basically. Mm-hmm. So, it, but point is, it becomes an expensive process, um, and I felt all along the league was going to make sure that this the, the game was always going to get played, whether it had been played Friday night, whether it would have been played Saturday more in a morning, maybe in a future date. But I feel the game was going to get played. I never felt that the game was in risk of not being played at all this year because it's a conference game. And at the end of the day, uh, games do get moved on. And eventually, you know, they're, you know, it's a, it's a ram. There's a lot of ramifications with these games. So I, I think it was always going to get played. And I think both sides wanted to play this game. And I think both time teams didn't want to look at other alternatives and they just happened to, you know what, the way this is looking, we can sneak this in on Friday. And I think from a UCS perspective, What's the you know, in a situation like this, I think you're realistic. You know, you're not going to get a the big crowds are used to anyway because right. you know obviously there's a lot of distractions. Let's be honest. Um, so to me, the whole thing about uh, the tailgating to me is an, is fine. I think it's a great move because you're right. You don't have a lot of people available to supervise the tailgating. So yeah. you know what? Don't have it. And, exactly. And people are going to be critical of me for saying this comment. But to me, if you're concerned about tailgating, then you're not a real football fan. You're not a real fan. So you're, you know, you, <laughs> you, got, you got other you got other you, you seriously have to reexamine your priorities if you're upset about. Correct. That. I'm excited that they're playing the game. I'm happy that they're playing the game. I, I think it's the right move. And um, they made a, a, a you know, it's a tough situation. They found a, found a way and they found leadership and it was handled very well. And uh, I think both schools de- deserve credit for that. And I, I, I applaud them for uh, making it work. So, you know, it's a tough situation. Um, certainly this is not ideal. You're certainly going to lose attendance, um, how much we can get into, but uh, certainly you lose some things. But in the grand scheme of things, those are minor things compared to the alternatives, which would have been, A, trying to reschedule, which would have been a bigger pr- uh, headache, plus more financially expensive right that would have been and, and, basically impossible and you know i mean there's scenarios and the reason why i think the game's got to be played what if you don't play the game and you finish a half game behind first place for the mm-hmm. division things like that and that you know that's kind of was the concern last year when florida and lsu there was you remember that if people didn't follow that closely there were a lot of members in the sec that were like wait a minute that game needs to be played yeah and things like that and there was a lot of pressure and a lot of criticism on how they kind of waited to the last minute, and that's why the game got postponed and stuff. Well, that didn't happen here, and I think the conference and the both schools kind of 
uh, took leadership here and, and made sure to kind of come to a conclusion that would work for all parties. And I think they've done that. Update from UCF, by the way. This is the official page, UCF.edu. Um, in anticipation, quote, in anticipation of Hurricane Irma's impact, all academic programs and classes are canceled starting Thursday, September the 7th to allow for sufficient preparations and travel needs. Faculty and staff should report as usual on Thursday to secure their offices, research, and to take care of other issues. The campus will close on Friday, September the 8th and remain closed through the weekend and on Monday, September 11th. University facilities will be inaccessible with the exception of Spectrum Stadium for Friday night's football game. Closure includes the Rosen College, Health Sciences at Lake Nona, Center for Emerging Media in downtown, uh, UCF regional locations will follow decisions made by their respective host state college, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So UCF is canceling classes starting on Thursday, and everything's closed Friday and Monday. So, um, yeah, the fact that they were able to get the game in, I think, is um, is a real uh, – is well, a tribute to the folks at the American, tribute to Danny White, and uh, and also the staff at Memphis for working with Absolutely. us on that one, and we got to give them due credit. So let's talk about um, let's talk about the game itself. Here's the weather report for Friday night. Uh, Friday is we're expecting to see thunderstorms basically all day uh, in the mid 80s. It's going to be very humid, um, and then it's supposed the thunderstorms are supposed to clear out by about 6 p.m. on Friday, and it's going to be a, a, a muggy night. Um, you know, a high, uh, you know, high seventies, low eighties, mostly cloudy, hum- uh, humidity above, um, you know, above eighty five percent. Winds out of the northeast at at least about fifteen miles an hour. Um, it's going to be a weird environment because I'm pretty sure the attendance is going to be dramatically low. I mean, it, it's. You know, I don't see. I'm, you know, I I can see a few diehards making it. I can see a few Looney Tune students making it. I don't see a lot of people making this game who are who who are anything who are anybody other than that, right? You, no, no, I I would agree. I mean, for a combination of reasons you just brought up, it's gonna rain if it does indeed rain all day on Friday. That's just gonna tell people, you know what? I just don't want to deal with it. You know, I'm just not. You know, I rather just deal with other things. So. That's a factor. I mean, that's a factor on a normal weekend, let alone, you know, this situation. Um, you know, and I could see, a, you know, certain amount of people just saying, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and, uh, you know, trade our tickets for East Carolina or yeah. whatever. So uh, I agree. Um, it's not the first time UCF has been involved in a situation like this. I mean, last year they moved to Tulane, but I mean, I was at 2005. Uh, there was a game at the Citrus Bowl where UCF moved because of uh, Wilma. They moved it a night earlier, so <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird how that happens. So you're right; it's going to be a unique kind of a deal. Um, yeah, I, I would. I mean, I remember the 2011 game at Mar- against Marshall. I think it was like a tropical depression or a tropical uh, kind of a conditions where it was a monsoon. Yeah, it was I'm bad. sure if you Google, and there was about you know maybe fifteen thousand at that game or something like that. Uh, so yeah, I, I it's not going to be a, a huge crowd, but um, at the end of the day, they're they're going to get this game, in, and it's a very important game. I mean, these are two teams that I think they're trying to find each other. Uh, by the way, these are two teams that have very very big games next weekend. Memphis is going to UCLA to play the Bruins, and UCF's got Georgia Tech uh, ahead. So 
Uh, very critical point. Big conference game, conference opener, which uh, always has some anxiety. So that you know, you're going to get that with a conference opener. There's going to you know anxiety. There's pressure a little, and you know, it's a big game. I mean, both teams think they're they're they got to have big aspirations in the league. So, and I think both teams, you know, I think Memphis has got some questions. They're kind of banged up a little bit too. Uh, they didn't really look phenomenal as they would have liked in their opener. So I, it's always interesting to see the improvements from the first game to the second game, and, and you go from there. Before we talk football, right as you were saying that, the 11 o'clock advisory, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern advisory from the National Hurricane Center came Wednesday in. Wednesday night. On, for, the, for those right, uh, for, Wednesday for those night. Record, we're recording this Wednesday night. So if you're listening to this, for example, on Thursday, this could be drastically different by the time you listen to this. So uh, just be I'm going to dive in on my uh, my my old job when I did weather at Tacoa. So Kurt, uh, I've been told Tacoa's about right. this. Yes, yes. Hey, you've got me. Yes, I, I've been told. Uh, you, uh, I yeah. listen. Yes. I am not a meteorologist. I just played one on television. Um, the location of the storm: nineteen point one north, sixty six point one west. Maximum sustained wind still at one hundred and eighty five miles an hour. That is unbelievable. Uh, west north moving west northwest at sixteen. Right now, it's just. Just to the north of San Juan, the San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, it's basically the 72-hour the track, according to the National Hurricane Center, says it basically shows it moving in between the Bahamas Island chain and sort of that line that's the northern coast of Cuba and Hispaniola. And it's going to be um, basically just north of the middle part of Cuba by 2 p.m. on Saturday. So that's the se- that's the 72-hour forecast track which you know if you you know if you know a thing or two about hurricanes and we both grew up in South Florida um you know you know that that's that's pretty definite. Then they expect it to take a turn north and in the uh 96 and 120-hour Forecast. They expect it to more or less the center of the storm right now to sort of hug the coastline. 2 p.m. Sunday, basically on top of Miami, uh, Miami Fort Lauderdale area. 2 p.m. Monday, they expect it to be up north of Jacksonville, just off of the southern Georgia coast. Which, if you draw a line from 2 p.m. Sunday to 2 p.m. Monday, that would take it right over Cape Canaveral. Um, you know, now Cape Canaveral is a good. 35, 40 miles as the crow flies away from, from where we are in, in East Orlando, where UCF is. So, um, you know, but it is still expected to be uh, a major hurricane. Exactly what category it is at that point, we're not exactly sure. Well, you're, but you're, they're expecting at line. least 110 yeah. mile an hour uh, sustained winds. And again, it's very, who knows? Right. By the we time, really, I mean, this right. thing could change. I mean, la- I mean know. this track has been moving a little bit east, but we don't know how much. We don't know, you know, overnight right. when they send the airplanes out into Well, they don't send the airplanes out at night. But. Well, I just remember the big a couple, uh, what, Tuesday? They were thinking more westerly, right? Like right. more western states. So Tampa was starting to get nervous, yeah. Right, right. So, so I, you know, I, who knows? I just kind of, you just take care of your business. I, you know, Keep an eye the good on news uh, is, the National Hurricane Center, of course. That's the first place you want to go. Absolutely. And, you know, you just kind of, you know, do what you got to do, take care of business. Now, as far as the game itself, I, I think you make it interesting. You brought up something you don't think there will be, and who knows, but the will, the weather should be okay during the game, you feel like. Do you feel confident in that? It'll be, it'll be wet and muggy, but it won't be raining. And that's significant. And the wind shouldn't be a factor like it would have been had the game been played Saturday. 
Uh, and that could be a factor from a special team standpoint. Obviously, things could change uh, from that standpoint. But certainly, look, I mean, from a, from the football game standpoint, I think UCF wants to get off to a good start like they did against FIU. Uh, play from ahead, establish the run, and, you know, let Mackenzie Milton be accurate and make big plays off the passing game. And I think that was the big confidence booster from the FIU game is you you felt confident now that you could get points out of the passing game because the running game was not great. I don't think they blocked as well as they would have liked. That was kind of a – so that was a couple of things to look for in this football game is how does this team, uh, you know, from a blocking standpoint, can they run the ball better? Um and, you know, can McKenzie continue that kind of sharp start and against a Memphis team that's got certainly, I think, a better, more talented athletes on the defensive side of the ball than FIU does, or at least from a depth standpoint. But they've got their questions as well. So and Memphis has a great offense. So, uh, you know, this is going to be an interesting game. And I, I wouldn't be surprised, really, a, a stat that maybe a lot of people don't focus on a lot. Red zone defense mm-hmm. could play a big role in this game. I think both teams can move that will move the football. It could come down to. Who can get touchdowns when they get into the red zone, and who settles for field goals or get turn or for or turnovers on downs or turnovers? Yeah, make sure you check out blackandgoldbanneret.com because our own Brian Murphy, who we were hoping to have on tonight, but he couldn't make it, um, uh, we'll definitely have him on uh, very very soon. He has our cram session preview up uh, on the uh, on the story or, or on the, on the game, uh, and he had some pretty good uh, pretty good keys for. Uh, both squads, you know, obviously UCF for UCF's offense, success on the ground is going to be key for them, for the defense. Um, for Memphis's defense, they, he said that, you know, they really do have to cover the back end, look out for guys heading deep, all the all the guys on the outside that UCF can throw to that we saw just wreaked havoc on FIU in, uh, in that opener. And, uh, you know, what a game, 61 points, you know, I mean, you can't. Uh, you can't really do much more than that. When Memphis has the ball, the key for UCF's defense, according to Brian Murphy, is um, to keep your eye on uh, Ferguson, their quarterback, um, to make sure that he, uh, to make sure that you at least corral him. And then for Memphis, you know, again, test the UCF secondary. Riley Ferguson's out there. He's he's got Anthony Miller as wide receiver, um, it, it, and we saw you know some holes in that UCF secondary in that F. IU games. So uh, UCF is a one and a half point favorite, at least, excuse me, they open as a 1.5 point favorite. Um, now they're favored by three, really high over under 69, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Both offenses potent. I think they expect a high scoring game. I'm not surprised. I mean, think about it. Uh, a 45 31 game puts it over. So, right. I'm not surprised. And I think, you know, I think UCF wins this game because of their defense. I think their defense will make enough plays in this game. And I do think that the running game will be better this week. And I think Milton will continue to play well. There's a lot of weapons. I think they have more weapons than Memphis. And I do think, uh, you know, a day shorter. It's a game in Orlando. Um, You know, Memphis is the team that's traveling, you know. I I, I, I think it's going to be a heck of a football game. I've actually said – you know, other than USF, obviously, because of the of the rivalry and everything like that. I think Memphis is the best home game on the slate, and Memphis might be just as good as USF in the league. So I'm looking forward to it. I think we'll learn a lot uh, of where UCF is as far as in the conference after this ballgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so again, you know, we can't understate really the importance of the football game in terms of the 
the schedule, like we mentioned, you know, with this being the second game of the season, Memphis is expecting to be expecting to be a contender uh, in the American. Obviously, UCF wants to get themselves into that conversation here, having this game at home. I just think it's going to be a weird game, just based on you know sort of the ominous sure. nature of the storm coming. Um, you know the the crowd environment. I think is going to be a little unusual. I do. I would like to see some of the students who haven't left town. You know, at least um, make their way over and support the team, um, and and some of the local fans too as well. But don't eschew your preparations for the storm in favor of that. You got to take care of what you got to take care of. So again, six thirty, and also this game. Uh, a quick note. It got moved from ESPN News to ESPNU, uh, so that is uh, another thing that's going to be key. One other thing I wanted to just get out there in terms of they, that oh, UCF has this really great article up on UCFnights.com right now called their Irma Irma Game Day FAQs. Okay, so um, why at six thirty? Number of factors, um, travel considerations for Memphis. Playing the game as early as possible allows law enforcement and first responders who are working the game to get out of there and get to their pre-storm prep. Um, allows for fans attending the game for pre-storm preparations. And the stadium, people forget this, the stadium you know, and, and the rest of the campus needs to be secured after the game. And so everyone has to get out of there. they got to you know, make sure that everything's locked down at the stadium, closed up, and all that kind of stuff. Um, right. Yeah, that, that's... That, that's a key. Everyone forgets. Like you, you don't just walk Correct. out of the stadium and then shut out the lights and it's over. You right. got to get people out there to clean it up because there's debris. You were expecting probably you know at least you know certainly sustained hurricane Correct. force winds. Um, Correct. And you know you, you got to get people out there to clean everything up, lock everything down. You know I remember actually I forget what was the storm, but um, we had to uh, one year when I was working in the video department, we had to um, sandbag our control room. Uh, because of the uh, the runoff that was taking, I think there was I think there was a tropical system that was coming through. Um, I think I had just started there in two thousand and eight, uh, and and they were just you know basically just starting to clean up things after that. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of considerations that you know have to go into play. So listen, if you're going to the game and you see any folks wearing a UCF polo, you see your first responders out there police fire whatever just say hey thanks for helping us out today and uh and 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 give them a, and give them a pat on the back cuz you know obviously we're all going to have a rough weekend ahead of us but those folks are really going to have a rough weekend ahead of them so just bear that in mind so 6:30 p.m. ESPNU um I will be watching uh <laughs> on TV in that game so um normal pat traffic patterns by the way for for uh for pregame and postgame too so all right. Any that any last second prediction other than you think it's going to be a shootout? You got a score for me, Eric? What? Uh, Brian, by the way, to his credit, he put his score prediction was UCF forty, Memphis thirty five. What do you have? Uh yeah, I think I'm in the same ballpark as he is. Forty four thirty four. Let's go forty four thirty four. I'm gonna go forty one thirty eight us. All right. So close game. I think it is gonna be close, but um, we may have a thriller. I hope we do. I hope we do for the television audience on Friday night. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll just update you real quick on all the other sports happening uh, at UCF once again. So stick around. The Black and Gold Banneret podcast is back after this. 
Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Stroko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast here. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez with you um, on the eve of, uh, well, not the eve, because we're recording this on Wednesday, September the 6th, but two days before UCF's football game with Memphis, which was moved up, of course, due to Hurricane Irma, and some quick updates for you on some other sports uh, that we wanted to pass along. Men's soccer, um, congrats to Coach Calabrese. Uh, on uh, Monday at Jacksonville, the Knights win 4 nothing. Hat trick for Matias Puzolo. And Coach Calabrese gets his first career win as UCF's head coach uh, on Monday at 7 p.m. Uh, against the Jacksonville uh, Dolphins. The Knights had their Friday game against Charlotte, which was supposed to be their home opener for Coach Calabrese. That got canceled due to bad weather. Um, the Knights are uh, currently 1-2 and two on the season. They are heading to West Virginia on Saturday, so they'll be out of town when the storm hits. Uh, the new home opener, here's where it gets interesting, Elo, is scheduled for Tuesday, September the 12th, 7 p.m., against FIU, which is Coach Calabrese's old team. Well, we'll see what happens, right? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I mean, you know, hopefully... Assuming that game still gets played. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't, you know, I, it's just, I'm not even going to speculate, but I'm, I hoping, I'm hoping they get in. I, I, I don't know what the travel plans are quite for the team, you know, out in West Virginia. I, I hope that they just stay up there. <laughs> you know, just, I, well, I mean, I'm sure they'll, they've got all that figured out. Right. I just, yeah. And, just you know, I, I would be stay, stay up in the mountains. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So. Do what you got to do. Uh, one other team that is uh, on the road this weekend, thankfully out of town, volleyball is going to be uh, is going to be in uh, Conway, Arkansas. They're at the Central Arkansas Classic. They play f- two matches Friday, 11 a.m. against Southern, 6:30 p.m. against Arkansas State, and then Saturday at 2:30 p.m. against Central Arkansas. That's another one of those road trips that's got, uh, that uh, that uh, Todd Dagenet had to basically pay back to uh, Central Arkansas for when they came here. Their home opener is still scheduled for uh, Friday, September the 15th at 7 p.m. against Virginia. The Knights coming off a 2-1 and weekend at the Homewood Suites Sunshine State Classic. They knocked off Florida Atlantic in four. Florida Gulf Coast, who hosted the tournament in four. Um, that was down at Fort Myers uh, before they got swept by Miami. So the Knights right now 3-3 three and three overall. Um, should um, get a challenge, I think, from Arkansas State in this tournament. Um, but overall, I think the Knights will be in uh, should should come out of that in pretty good shape. Hopefully, they'll be keeping them up in Arkansas uh, for the week uh, as well. Because remember, campus is closed, so you know what are you going to do? So, uh, and then, all right, women's soccer. Um, first of all, standing O to this team. 
right now. So we talked about, you know, we were at that North Carolina game, and then we were worried about the letdown, right, Elo? And Friday and Sunday, they went out to Arizona. They played in Tempe, Arizona, uh, and they knocked off Arizona 2-1 to with two late goals on Friday and then came back and beat Arizona State 2-1 to on Sunday. So they're at 4-1 and with three victories over, uh, over uh, you know, well, I guess you could say, like, you know, supposedly p- fellow Power 6 schools. Um, but, wow, what a road trip for them. Um, they are scheduled to play uh, Friday as well. But this game got moved up against LSU. Um, this game got moved to 2 p.m. on Friday. So uh, Friday, September yep. 8th, 2 p.m., UCF against uh, LSU women's soccer. But how about that Arizona road trip, man, huh? Incredible. They had a come from, you know, Arizona match was a kind of a back-and-forth match coming from behind hot conditions, about 100 degrees, I believe. Humidity was high. Uh, you know, and I watched the Arizona State match. That was on Pac-12 Networks, and I was a bit of a goof because I was tweeting, you know, because I was watching the match live, but I was watching it on Pac-12 uh, Network Arizona because uh, on my cable system, I have all the Pac-12 channels. And for some reason, you know, when the UCF game popped up on my uh, cable guide, it popped up first on the Pac-12 Network Arizona. Mm-hmm. So I kept saying, oh, it's on Pac-12 Network. And, you know, then I put in Arizona, but it was on the Pac-12 Network. I was just being a goof. <laughs> um it was a fun match. They jumped out to the 2 nothing lead, two goals in that second half after a scoreless first half. Held on. Arizona State got a goal on a really a bad giveaway by UCF. It was a, aided a goal. They made it 2-1, to one, and then they held, held off Arizona State for the last 5-10 minutes. Huge success on the road. Uh, balanced scoring, balanced attacking. Uh, big. I mean, a phenomenal start. You just feel like this team has playing with more confidence and watching the Arizona say, I got a sense they're playing with a lot more confidence. And that happens when you beat a team like North Carolina. Now they're going to host LSU out of the SEC. And, you know, they got a, certainly an afternoon game. I'm guessing, Jeff, they move that game up. And, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I have traveled with sports teams before. I could see a scenario, my guess, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU either A, Maybe uh, with this change, was able to get a flight out of here Friday night out of mm-hmm. Orlando to New Orleans, which is easy. You know, Orlando. I mean, I've done that trip. It's a, you know, that's a pretty quick flight. Or maybe they've kept their flight on Saturday morning, uh, and maybe they moved up the game because of the football game. But regardless, it's a good move either way. And I'm, uh, you know, that's a good test too, and a big test with an LSU team as you try to build your resume because these do matter. You know, from an RPI standpoint. And, and, you know, yes, you want to do well and, and, and try to win the league. But, you know, maybe this gets you, you know, if you can have a big, impressive resume, you could be hosting multiple games in the NCAA tournament if you can get in. One thing I'm a little concerned about is the weather with that game. Because remember, we're expected to see some thunderstorms in the area. That's right, right, right. And, you know, we know how that is. So that may push the game back. Um, well, it depends. It, it, the it question depends will here. be, they'll play in rain. Lightning is what they won't Lightning play. is a problem, right. Correct. So that's something to keep in mind. And they, you know, heck, we were there. The North Carolina game, it rained before the match. And then it was kind of a sprinkling, but still some soft rain, you know, in the first half of that match. Obviously, that's the key to look forward to there. If it's raining, but not lightning, they'll play. Um, If it's unless it's like, an you know, monsoon or something like that. And you just it's not playable. 
But if it's rain that they can play and they'll play. But if there's lightning, you're right. That will kind of push everything back. So uh, let's hope for the best on that. Um, I'm also, well, one other th- uh, change to the schedule. UCF was scheduled to play FIU down in Miami on Sunday. That's women's soccer. FIU, UCF at FIU. That match, uh, of course, has been canceled. Miami is um, battening down the hatches for uh, Hurricane Irma. UCF's next game after that scheduled uh, home for Florida Gulf Coast on Friday, September the 15th. So um, so we could end up having uh, back-to-back home games with LSU and then FGCU. <laughs> a good uh, Florida Gulf play. Coast team. That, yes. A good team that's made the NCAA tournament, I believe. If it was, I think it was last season. Out of maybe the even Sun, the, that's right. Then they, I think they upset USF or, or something like that in the tournament. So they're, they're very good to, out of the A-Sun. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously that'll, uh, you know, that's a good stretch here before conference. So here we are. So let's fin- go ahead and finish this out here as we, uh, as you know, we're going to get back to battening down our hatches here uh, in preparation for Irma. Eric Lopez, where can people follow you? Eric Lopez Elo on Twitter. Just follow me there, and uh, you can find out what I'll be doing. Because I'll be honest, as I'm talking to G- uh, right now, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I don't know. I mean, I'll probably be at the football game, but you know, at the same time, you know, I got to take care of some things. Obviously, I have uh, concerns with family and friends up and uh, down in Miami. Which, yep. really, and again, I mean, let's put that in perspective. Depending where you're listening to on this, obviously, everybody's kind of concerned and everything. But certainly, I, I certainly hope for the best down there because that's. Uh, you know, I went through Andrew. I was down there for Andrew, and that's uh, 25 that years ago. Fun. No, so I, I'm more concerned down for our friends than families down south, and I'm sure a lot of our audiences are. And uh, let's just kind of everybody get along and just kind of hope for the best on this. But that's really all. That's really what I'm hoping for, to be honest, uh, that this kind of turns out better and that, uh, you know, we can uh, next time we talk, Jeff, on this, uh, that we'll have positive uh, things to talk about, more positive tone and more positive things. Amen. And uh, to all you Knight fans out there who are listening, please, please, please heed the warnings of your uh, local um, and uh, county and state officials for everything that may be happening. Anyone who may be in the area, if you're down in South Florida, if you're along the uh, if you're along the coast and you folks out in West Florida, too, because we really don't know where this thing's headed. So. Um, no, yeah, it's going to be, this all it's gonna be to everybody. a real crapshoot out there. So everyone just be ready. That's all you can do. Prepare and, uh, you know, distract yourself a little bit, too. Once you take care of things, you know, the football right. game. If you go to the game, you're going to go to the game. If you don't, then watch it on TV, listen on the radio. And uh, you got soccer and volleyball to follow as well a little bit. So, uh, you know, let's just uh, hope for the best here. Right. All the best uh, to all uh, to all night fans out there and everybody who's uh, who may be within uh, earshot of this one as uh, Irma bears down on us here on the Sunshine State. Uh, you can follow us at UCF underscore Banneret. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. You can follow Eric, of course, at Eric Lopez Elo. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook. Uh, and also don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitch, Stitcher, and tune in as well. So thanks again to you, Eric. Please be safe out there, all right? Stay in touch with me. Same to you. All right, and thanks to you, all you Knight fans listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Everyone hunker down. We'll get through it together. We will. We'll catch you again next week, uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully without having to do too much cleanup in the meantime. All the best. Hang in there, and we'll talk to you on the other end of Hurricane Irma.